Hello, this is Donna Reesh of Character, Inc. and Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar. You have happened upon another episode of Wondering Wednesday, a podcast dedicated to answering your questions about homeschooling, parenting, marriage, language arts, teaching, household management, and more. Tonight's episode is answering questions that readers have about freezer cooking. So, I hope you have your handout in front of you as I go through 10 questions to ask yourself before you begin freezer cooking. The first question is, what method do you think would work for you? When I first began freezer cooking 24 years ago this summer, I had a book called Make a Mix Cookery. And it had various freezer starters, so to speak, such as braised beef cube mix that you could use later on in beef stew or beef stroganoff, and shredded chicken recipes with different seasonings and vegetables that you could make stews and casseroles out of later. I began with that um, make-a-mix cookery, which additionally has mixes that I still use to this day, such as quick mix and so forth. I began with that and started getting some things in the freezer right away, learning about just simple starters that would help me later on. I was having our fourth baby that summer, which coincidentally turned out to be colic cara. So we were very thankful that I had learned this method of cooking and putting up food before she was born. Then I moved into what is called once a month cooking. And there are a lot of books out there, but that was the name of one of the very first books available on freezer cooking. And in this once-a-month cooking method, you pick the recipes that you want, and you go shop on one day, you prep on another, and you cook on another, or you prep on a half and cook on a half. It depends on how many you've chosen to do. This method was good for me for quite a while, because in this method, you would make like two uh, hammerama casseroles and two chicken spaghetti casseroles and two meatloaves and so forth. And then you would put those in the freezer and you would use those for the next month as your meals. And then before the month was about to end, you had another once a month cooking day and filled your freezer again for the next month. This method is... Uh, convenient method to do the recipes that you like the best. For me, it wasn't the most efficient because it, it deals with too many different types of meats and types of recipes at one time. So you use a lot more dishes and uh, you have a lot more different things that have to be done. As, uh, as far as you have to shred chicken, you have to cube beef, you have to do these various things um, to make your meals for that month. But that is a good, a good way to start out, and that book is still available. Another method that you might like is just the extra casseroles here and there method. Um, this method means that whatever you're fixing a couple of times a week, you make an extra one or two or three. And then you put the extras in the freezer, and you have that very one that night. This is a good method for people who don't want to commit to an entire freezer cooking a day or a couple of days each month, or someone who doesn't have a lot of space 
and doesn't want to necessarily fill their inside refrigerator freezer um, with too many things at one time. Um, I do this occasionally. Um, when I'm making something, I'll always make more than one. Um, I really don't even like the making two method because if you're going to make the mess, you may, I may as well have three or four of them. And it is not three or four times the amount of work to make three or four as it is to make one. The reason I don't like to rely on this method entirely as far as the extra casseroles here and there is that it's too loose for me. Uh, there's, it's too, um, uh, predictable that I may end up with a free, an empty freezer or a partially empty freezer because I didn't keep up because it's just kind of whatever I have time, whatever I'm making, whenever I make lasagna, I'm going to make some extras, that type of thing. It's a little too loose for me. I'm a little bit more structured than that. Um, the next one is power hour. And this, uh, I actually developed in the last several years when I've been writing so much and, um, I started just setting aside one hour with one assistant and just going to town, making whatever I could uh, and putting it in the freezer. And if you make several of one thing or a few of one thing, uh, an hour power hour can still yield four to six entrees, depending on um, the stage that you want them in and so forth, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. The last way is cycle cooking, and this cycle cooking is what I normally use. This is what I use more often than not, um, but it's more of like a combination of cycle cooking, power hour, and extra casseroles. Uh, the big cycle cooking is one that I used for years and years when I had several children at home, and it is very overwhelming. I do have some links um, I do have some blog posts about it at our blog, um, but it can be very overwhelming to people because in the cycle cooking, I actually spent one full week every single day filling up a freezer for six months worth of food. And then from then on, once a month, I would do another cycle and fill up another freezer so that at the end of this first six months, I had another six months and then I kept doing that. So I really only did the full week, hardcore, cook 10 hours a day for five days. I really only did that one week. But the beauty of cycle cooking in general is that it takes a certain type of food. So for instance, it might take shredded chicken or it might take whole chicken breasts or it might take crumbled ground beef and it makes you make everything of that type. So the beauty of this, obviously, is that you're cooking up a ton of one kind of meat. And then you don't have to wash your dishes as much because you're using the same exact in, uh, core ingredients. Um, and you're not like cooking up some chicken and shredding that, uh, breading some chicken breast and freezing, flash freezing those. And... Uh, frying up a bunch of crumbled ground beef and then making something out of that because you're doing all the exact same thing. Now, the beauty of the big cycle cooking was that I put, I did one day of shredded 30 recipes, one day of, of um, 30 entrees, one day of uh, crumbled ground beef, 30 entrees and so forth. And I had my freezers jam-packed with six months worth of food. And then after that, every month I just did one cycle and then I say that until I had all of those ready for six months later on. Um, the beauty of this is that you get a lot of food in your freezer. 
The downfalls are numerous, and I do want to warn you because it can be overwhelming. It You have to be the type of person who can handle just a ton of stress and a ton of mess and who can really process things well thinking-wise. I had been freezer cooking for so many years that this wasn't very hard for me to do. But now to think about doing that at my age, now with my mind so scattered with all the books I write and uh, blogging and the parenting seminar and um, teaching and everything that I do, I just cannot fathom doing that again today. But what I do now is the small cycle cooking. So every week I try Well, I do. Every week, I make sure that I put four things in the freezer. And it's always four of one type. That's why I still call it cycle cooking. So like um, last week, I put um, four bags of taco meat in the freezer. Uh, This week, I put four egg casseroles. I put three and used one, actually, in the freezer. And so every week... I just focus on getting four things in my freezer, no matter what it is. And it's always four of the same thing because that's faster. Four lasagnas, four chicken enchiladas, whatever it might be. And then I usually, I don't usually put all four of them in the freezer. I have one for that meat that day and then I put three in the freezer. By doing this, I'm constantly building up my supplies of foods, just constantly adding to um, so that right now, actually, depending on which freezer you go to, because I collect refrigerators and freezers. Um, Sometimes I really think I have more refrigerators and freezers than I do shoes. I'm not a big shoe fan, but I love refrigerators and freezers. Anyway, I'm just looking and definitely have more refrigerators and freezers than I do tennis shoes. And definitely more than sandals. Definitely more than boots, but not all put together. Anyway, with this cycle of cycle cooking, this approach, it, it makes it easy because... Every week, I just have to think about what I'm going to do bulk of that week. And it doesn't have to be huge. I just have to get something in there. If it's getting to be Thursday or Friday and I have nothing in there, I will go get a bunch of chicken breasts and chicken thighs, cook them in the crock pot, shred them up, put some uh, broth in them, bag them up and call it done. I have four bags of shredded chicken ready for uh, entree preparations. So that is what you need to ask yourself when you think about methods. What method do you think would work for you the best or what combination of methods? Some people really like the once a month cooking because it's all laid out and it's got variety. Uh, Some people like me can't imagine being that inefficient. I want to do it all the same type. So whatever type you are will have a big impact on how you set up your cooking days on when you cook, on how much you cook, and so forth. Next, what do you want to end up with? This is an important question if you go on Pinterest to freezer meals. This is a really important question to ask yourself because there has everything available for freezer cooking from full meals where you just add a salad to it like lasagna, chicken enchilada casserole, ground beef enchiladas, spaghetti pie, beef stew, Um, and so forth, then there are meat entrees where you add sides to it, like sloppy joes or shredded barbecue chicken or taco meat or chicken cubes that you've marinated and fried up and you have for quesadillas or um, uh, chicken alfredo pasta. So that is another thing that you can end up with. Next, you can end up with a starter. This is just to get things going. So 
I have my soup starters where I have like my beans, my meat, my seasonings, a little bit of tomato sauce, put it in quart bags, and it's kind of like concentrate or um, condensed when you see a condensed cream soup in a can. That means you're going to add something to that to uncondense it, so to speak, or to um, to make it big and loose. Um, and these starters are just to get things going. And so they could be soup starters. They could be casserole starters that you don't want to put something in. Like maybe you have a broccoli rice cheese casserole um, with shredded chicken. And you wouldn't want to put your broccoli in ahead of time. So you would just get your rice cooked, your shredded chicken cooked, and put that in a Ziploc, quart Ziploc bag in your freezer, pull that out, steam some broccoli, stir in your ingredient, your cheese and your sour cream, and then put it in the oven. And with that, that's a starter. You have your rice already cooked, you have your chicken already cooked and shredded. So that is a starter. Don't underestimate the power of starters. Um, I'll get back to that. Side dishes. I used to put a lot of side dishes in my freezer. Now I don't, uh, I cook a lot more low carb. And so a lot of the side dishes, baked corn, um, three bean bake, uh, mashed potato casserole, cheesy potato casserole, sour cream potato casserole, uh, a lot of those, um, uh, rice pilaf, cheesy rice, those, a lot of those are too starchy. And so I don't use those side dishes anymore. Instead, I just about always steam a vegetable or two on the side. But side dishes are nice to have on hand. You can make up a lot of things ahead of time and have side dishes for when you're going to have just meatloaves. So you have potatoes to go with your meatloaves or ham loaves or um, salmon patties. You have those side dishes to go with them. And then others, muffins, pancakes, crepes, whatever you regularly cook that you want to pull out of the freezer for breakfast on the go or whatever. Now, I do all of these. I do a combination of all of these. I say that just because you don't have to be locked into one kind of what you want to end up with because you could end up with a full meal for uh, a night that you're you know, not going to be home so that your family doesn't have to add anything to it. It's all ready to go. But then you want to use a starter on a day that you're going to be home during the day and you can stick your soup starter in the crock pot with your tomato juice and your broth and you can get it going and kind of watch it. Um, or you can leave it for the day too. So there are all kinds of different things that you can end up with in freezer cooking. And so you want to ask yourself, what do you want to end up with? Or do you want to end up with a little bit of everything? Um, just as a little rundown here, for example, right now, as far as full meals are concerned, what I call full meals, it means that that means it has a meat and usually some kind of starch, usually some kind of low carb pasta or low carb crepes or low carb um, tortillas in our in my case because I usually uh, use low carb starches. Um, but my full meals right now, um, I'm not looking in my freezer, so I'm just going to try to remember. Uh, I have ground beef lasagna, chicken lasagna, ground beef enchiladas, sour cream chicken enchiladas, um, spaghetti pie, that's one that I, that I continue making because my family really, really loves it. Um, those are the main full meals that I have right now. Meat entrees, I have a ton of meat entrees in my freezers right now. I have ham loaves, Meatloaves, salmon patties, meatballs, um, um, 
chicken cordon bleu, Monterey chicken, which is marinated chicken that I um, pre-cook and then I layer it with um, bacon, pre-cooked bacon and cheese. And then sometimes we pour barbecue over that. Monterey chicken breast, uh, Chick-fil-A knockoff chicken breasts, Parmesan chicken breasts. Um, those are the, about the 10 meat entrees that I have right now that I can get out and cook and add sides to. Uh, starters, I have a lot of starters. I love my starters. I have a chicken rice soup starter that I can use when my husband and I are not going to be eating so the boys can have their rice. I have... Um, chili soup starter. I have um, lots of shredded chicken, lots of pre-cooked ground beef in bags, and pre-cooked ground sausage in bags, uh, in quart bags. I have um, uh, chicken medallions or little chicken chunks that I marinated and fried. I have garlic ones of those and then I have Monterey ones of those so that I'm ready to make flatbread pizzas. I'm ready to make chicken alfredo. I'm ready to make chicken um, quesadillas. Um, I'm ready to make Mexican pizzas. And so uh, do not underestimate the power of starters. Uh, like I said, I don't have a lot of side dishes. I have a lot of other things um, because I like to be able to grab muffins or French toast or pancakes that are low carb because they have a tendency to take longer to make those kind of things. So I have um, crepes, oopsie, oopsie bread, um, banana muffins, pumpkin muffins, um, low carb crepes. I don't know if I said that one yet. Um, a couple of different low carb breads and um, a couple of different kinds of muffins. So what do you want to end up with? If you want to end up with everything, go for it. Okay, the next question is what stage do you want your freezer entrees in? This, uh, too, you can have all of these stages if you want them. But this is important uh, to note because a lot of people think that everything that you put in the freezer is raw. Or people think just the opposite. They think that everything you put in the freezer is completely cooked, so it's going to be dry when you get it out. And neither of those things are really true, however. So let me just go through this short list here of what stage you want your freezer entrees in. First of all, it's completely cooked. In this instance, you just thaw it, heat it, and eat it. Okay, this would be like if you were to buy, um, um, like those Salisbury steak uh, encore little um, foil meals at the grocery. It's already cooked, but you still have to heat it up. Um, the next one is somewhat cooked, but still needs finished. Um, this is like your lasagnas, most of your casseroles, your enchiladas. You don't put raw meat in lasagna. You don't put raw chicken in a casserole. You don't put raw ground beef in enchiladas. So it's somewhat cooked, but you still have to oven cook it usually. And then raw. These are your marinated but no cooking done. Um, these are my least favorite. I'll just be honest. When I see these uh, things on Pinterest, 35 meals in two hours, I know that I don't really want to do very many of those because 
to me, that's not much different than just putting a bag of chicken in your freezer. Now, granted, it usually is being marinated and you can just dump it in your crock pot. That's true. But you usually have to put a lot of other stuff with it in order to make a meal out of it. So the last one, marinated but no cooking done. I, I usually have some things that are marinating, some pork chops, uh, um, some chicken breast, you know, in a bag with all the seasonings, all the marinade, stick it in there, and then I just get it out, and you can put it in the crock pot or, or whatever. Um, but I don't have a lot of those because I have to add so much to those. The other example of raw are, are include anytime you make something raw and flash freeze it. Um, so there are two ways, actually, A, completely cooked, or C, completely raw, to do meats. For example, I might have fully cooked meatloaves. I've shaped them, I've baked them, and they are in there. So all I have to do is get them out, slice them, stick them in the microwave, and they're ready to go. Um, that's not really how I do a lot of my meatloaves, but I do do some meatballs like that. And I do do some chicken breasts like that. So in the case of chicken breasts, I might have... Um, I might go ahead and season all of my Chick-fil-A knockoff recipe and get, you know, six entrees of chicken breasts ready to go. Then I might put those on cookie sheets and flash freeze three sets of those and then while I'm and then and then go ahead and fry up three sets of those. And so I have three sets in foil pans that say Chick-fil-A knockoff fully cooked. It's really important that if you do the various stages that you write on your freezer entree what stage it's in. Um, I found this out with just with the kids. You know, they would get things out to use and they I, I wanted them to know what stage it was in. But it's especially important if you do a little bit of both. So I might have those three containers of fully cooked Chick-fil-A knockoffs. So you literally just need to get one out, pop it in the microwave and have a chicken sandwich. Right? Um, or then I might have the one that I put the ones on cookie sheets and I freeze them. And when they're frozen, I can drop them into bags. And I have a bag that says, you know, six Chick-fil-A breasts, completely raw. Uh, you flash freeze them so that they get hard. So when you put them in a bag, they don't stick together. Then when you defrost them, you get them out of the bag right away. You don't leave them in the bag to defrost or they'll just become a mushy mess all stuck together. So that is the, these are the stages. And no stage is right or wrong. It just depends on your needs. I like, for example, for to have bags of meatballs, uh, both raw and completely cooked, so that if I'm in a hurry, I can just pull out some cooked meatballs, stick it right into my spaghetti and meat sauce and stir it up and serve it just that fast. Um, or like with the chicken breast, you know, I can get out the marinated chicken breast and cook it fresh or I can already have it, maybe I've already broiled it or I've already grilled it, and then I froze it and put it in there. Um, so a little bit of each is what I like to have. Um, definitely have a lot in the middle, mainly for the somewhat cooked, those will be your the combination entrees, casseroles, and so forth. So what stage you want them in is important to note. Um, that'll be based on how much time you need ahead of time. Because if you want fast cooking days, then you're going to want to do things as raw as possible, get them in the freezer, and then you're going to have a little bit of work, more work on the other end. Um, but if you don't want much work on the other end, that means you need to allow more time now to do completely cooked. It takes a way lot more time to cook, you know, 18 Chick-fil-A chicken breast knockoffs to bread them, to, you know, 
make the breading, to bread them, to fry them in the electric skillet or whatever, and then to flash freeze them than it does to just bread them and put them on trays and flash freeze them. So it depends on when you want your time uh, in part, and it also depends on what you want to end up with when you get them out. Okay, next, ask yourself what your family eats a lot of. Um, then I'm going to couple that with the next one, what looks good in the freezer section of the grocery. These two things kind of go hand in hand. First of all, what does your family eat a lot of? I know that we eat a lot of enchiladas and pasta dishes uh, with low-carb pastas or crepes. Um, we eat a lot of meatloaves, meatballs, ham loaves, uh, salmon patties, just a lot of meats that we put steamed vegetables on the side or grilled vegetables or um, roasted vegetables on the side. And then with that, what looks good in the freezer section of the grocery? Maybe nothing if you don't really like TV type dinners, but you know, you can get some ideas out of the freezer section of the grocery. I can remember reading in once a month cooking, you know, it said that basically other than, and they had a list of a lot of things or several things like potatoes and, um, uh, noodles and broth and things like that that kind of dissolve when you freeze them and they said other than these things you can look in your freezer section and if it's there you can probably do it now since we've come a long way and and I freeze just about everything um, I don't freeze pastas and noodles and broths because they do dissolve um, but I freeze I always freeze all kinds of um, mashed potato casseroles and cubed potato casseroles and cheesy potato casseroles and so forth, especially for large get-togethers or when I'm taking stuff to potlucks and so forth. Even though we don't use a lot of those here, they're good to have in the freezer. So what looks good in the freezer section of the grocery and what does your family eat a lot of? And then check it out. What can you do about that? How can that be made in the freezer, in a freezer meal? What can you afford? This is an important question in freezer cooking because when I first did my cycle cooking, that cost a ton of money to get that going at the beginning. Um, we didn't buy like a half a beef or a quarter of a beef because my freezers were always full of freezer entrees um, or else meats that I was collecting to make the next freezer entree. And I couldn't just have it full of beef, for example. But it started, it cost a lot when I did the six months worth of freezer meals up front. Um, and then it wasn't too bad every month afterwards to make a month's worth of freezer meals because then I was using what I already had in the freezer so I didn't, so I was buying for the future and that worked out okay. Um, but how much can you afford to buy up front to get started? You know, can you afford to do, you know, a full month of cooking at one time? Or can you just afford to buy, you know, 12 pounds of a type of meat each week and do that up 12 pounds of of a different kind of meat each week and do meals out of that what containers can you afford if you look at the blog you'll see my very favorite container is the foil pan that actually fits down into the serving um oh i lost my i don't know what it i was gonna look this up because i can't remember what you call it but you know how uh Caterers have those foil pans that fit down into um, their uh, their frames, and then they have their um, little thing to keep it hot underneath it. Well, the well, the small ones are those. They have those at Sam's Club, and they have they're not small. They're nine by thirteen. They're very deep. They're super nice for layered casseroles, and then they have foil lids that go with them. They are so reasonably priced at Sam's. Um, 
that I can't believe I used to actually collect 9 by 13 glass baking dishes to use in my freezer uh, because foil pans used to be an expensive thing to go out and purchase when you did a lot of cooking at one time. But now you can get like 30 of those, I don't even know, maybe for $8 or something. And, and then the lids are right there above them. Those lids are super nice because they're strong. And you put your lids your lid on it and then you can stack your casseroles up really nicely so you can look at uh, Google I mean look at the blog type in freezer recipes and you can go down through and see some of my recipes and some of the those freezer um, containers super nice uh, also what can you afford in an ongoing manner can you afford these kind of pans that I like I was just describing or do you want to save you know, cottage cheese container, a school of containers, whatever to put starters in, or can you get Ziploc brand um, freezer bags as opposed to no name general bags? It makes a big difference in how long your foods last as well as in how often your bags break or leak or something. All right, next, how much space do you have? Um, if you have, I always had two freezers, so one always had my the things I was eating currently and one had the things that I was either making just made or having ingredient or collecting ingredients for. So, you know, how much space do you have to put freezer entrees in? If you don't have, if you only have a freezer above a refrigerator, then you're probably going to want to do a lot of the starters in quart size Ziploc bags. You'll just fill those up, get all the air out, lay them flat freeze them all flat and then just stack them up um, or if you have room you can put them in a tub or a box like a filing system of, of freezer bags um, once they're frozen but you want to freeze them flat to begin with so how much space do you have what kind of cook are you are you a social cook or are you a loner um, I've cooked with people forever whenever somebody was having a baby I would often help them get freezer meals in um, I would cook with other women for somebody else who was having a baby or somebody who was ill. We'd get together and like, you know, the old quilting bees, we'd get together and have a cooking day. Um, I've taught freezer cooking to a lot of people. So I've cooked with people when I was teaching them freezer cooking. And um, I like to cook with other people, but I like to cook with other people when I do the planning because I know how to do it now. You know, I've done it for 24 years, so I know what I want. And I don't like... Um, to have somebody else plan it as well. Maybe it sounds a little bit controlling, but anyway. Uh, so what kind of cook are you? If you're a social cook and you have a friend who also eats the same as you do, you know, um, you know, your families enjoy the same types of things uh, or maybe on the same type of diet or whatever, uh, you could maybe cook together. It definitely cuts the time in half. I like to cook with an assistant. Sometimes I'll hire a teenager to cook with me for half a day. Now that my kids are all grown, um, my son, who's going to be 17 next month, he used to cook with me all the time. And then the last year, he started going to college part-time, working very many hours each week, plus finishing his high school. So I lost my sous chef there. He was really good. So what kind of cook are you? Next, how often do you want to use freezer entrees? You can't put 15 entrees in the freezer for next month and then use them the first 15 days of the month or use one every, you know, every you know, every day or use, you know, three on the weekend, one on Saturday noon, one on Saturday night, one on Sunday noon, you know, you're going to run out that way. So you have to ask yourself how often you want to use freezer entrees. Um, I was always kind of funny about that. I would cook for the entire day, just work our tails off. My kids and I cook together all the time. And, um, 
we just, they were just huge helps and they learned so much from it. And, and now they're adults and they're just, they can just do a lot of really cool things and they, uh, do a lot of really cool things for other people too. Um, and that's a blessing, but, uh, I would cook all day and then I would put it all in the freezer and I wouldn't let anybody eat it. I was just guarding my freezer meals and uh, we'd have frozen pizza that night or something. It was just crazy. Um, just because if I did 30 meals, I wanted to know there were 30 meals in there when I woke up the next morning. It's really funny. I was strange like that, but how homemade do you want to cook? This is the last question. Last question you have to ask yourself is, am I going to use cream soups or am I going to make cream soups? Or am I going to wing it with a little bit of half and half and a little bit of cream cheese and a little bit of beef base and some seasonings and I'm going to whip that up with my whisk and I'm going to throw it in my casserole and be done. You know, uh, what, what, how homemade do you want to be? Do you want to make big pots. I used to make huge pots of cream, huge pot of cream of chicken soup and a huge pot of cream of mushroom soup. On my cooking day, on my beef cooking day, I'd make the cream of mushroom. On my chicken cooking day, I'd make the cream of chicken. And, um, you know, it saved a lot of money and it was healthier, but it was time consuming. So you're adding more time to your cooking day. Uh, you know, do you want to make all your own noodles or are you okay with, with buying your own noodles? Are you going to buy chicken pieces and spend the day before taking it all off the bone and shredding it all? Are you going to buy breasts and thighs, put them in the crock pot overnight the next morning, get out your spoon, stir it real hard for one minute and have shredded chicken. So these are some questions that you have to have ask yourself when you begin freezer cooking. Uh, what method do you think would work for you? What do you want to end up with? What, as, as far as full meals or entrees or starters, what stage do you want your freezer entrees in? Be sure to label them well. What does your family eat a lot of? What looks good in the freezer section of the grocery that you might want to duplicate? What can you afford? How much space do you have? What kind of cook are you, social or loner? How often do you want to use freezer entrees? And how homemade do you want to cook? At the bottom of the handout, I have links to read further, determining the type of freezer cook you are, um, cooking with the shredded chicken cycle, and I'm going to be adding more and more. I'm getting ready to put my crumbled beef cycle, the beginning of that up, and going to add all of my cycles to the blog eventually with low-carb options and with family-friendly low-carb options, with homemade options, and with some store-bought options. So just a lot of different options because nobody cooks exactly the same. And so those options will all be there. Uh, you can check out some of the recipes that I now have, and you can scroll down to the bottom, and you can see how I have all those options at the bottom, whether it's a freezer meal or not, whether it's low carb or not, and so forth. And then the last one here is 10 freezer foods I don't like to be without. That's kind of an old post, but that will give you some ideas too. So I hope that you have learned a lot in 10 questions to ask yourself before you start freezer cooking. And I hope you'll join us next week because next week I'm going to actually talk about each of the cycles that I used and my favorite meals in each one um, and how I would go about making those and what stage I had them in and uh, just some little tips and tweaks for the different cycles that I discovered through the years of cooking with shredded chicken, whole chicken pieces and fish, crumbled ground beef, shaped ground beef, and roast roast and roast beef, that type of thing. 
and side dishes and others. So hopefully you join us next Wednesday on Wondering Wednesday when we talk about cycle cooking. Thank you for joining us. Check out our blog, Character Inc. We have free samples of all of my books, Meaning of Composition, uh, Writing Program for Grades 2 through 12, and Character Quality Language Arts, a complete language arts program for grades 2 through 12. And we're putting new samples up all the time. So thank you for joining us.